0: And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2017, Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown Program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. At the very beginning of this month, after spending several days in Buffalo at the Garden Writers Association annual symposium, I picked up a rental car and drove to Ontario, Canada, crossing the Niagara River on the beautiful Peace Bridge. My destination was the Niagara region of Canada, where the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers meeting was taking place on a number of flower farms in the area. It was well worth the extra travel and time because the wonderful community of flower farmers and farmer florists there put together a fantastic series of tours, presentations, and demos, giving us an in-depth understanding of the vibrant local floral scene in Ontario. Of course, I had my digital recorder along with me on that trip. A few weeks ago, you heard my bonus interview with Gillian Hodgson of Flowers from the Farm, our UK kindred spirit. She happened to be at that same conference, and I was excited to record her update on the British-grown flower scene. There were others to interview as well, including today's fabulous guest – I briefly met Melanie Harrington of Dahlia Mayflower Farm in person last November at another ASCFG meeting in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but had never really spent the time with her that I wanted. She agreed to break away from the schedule so we could sit down in a field under a tree in order to share her story. Here's a little more about Melanie and her farm. Founded in 2014, Dahlia May Flower Farm is a small family operation specializing in growing romantic and fragrant, often heirloom, varieties of flowers. Nestled in the beautiful rolling Murray Hills of southeastern Ontario, Dahlia May supplies fresh seasonal cut flowers and distinctive bouquets to farmers markets in the greater Quinte area and also offers rustic and elegant floral design services, inspired by nature and changing with the seasons. A native of the Quinte area and a lover of nature, Melanie brings to her work a background in art and horticulture, as well as a passion for growing beautiful flowers. Melanie completed studies in horticulture and floral design at Loyalist College and has taken a course in flower farming and design with Erin Benzikane of Florette. Melanie wrote a personal essay on her website that I want to share with you as well. You'll want to read the entire piece, and I have the link in today's show notes at DebraPrinzing.com. But to give you a small glimpse of this amazing young woman, I'll share a small excerpt. In her words, years ago, my parents farmed the very land I now cultivate. Their first wish was to grow their own food. Before long, they were supplying our local farmers market with fresh produce. Between rows of tomatoes and beans were the inevitable patches of cut flowers, my father's favorites and my personal joy. Already as a young child, I helped my father plant the seeds. There were bold sunflowers, which would tower over me, vibrant zinnias to surround me with color, cheerful asters. Together we nurtured them and watched them grow. Later, we worked side by side to pick them. I remember standing on a milk crate, arranging this colorful harvest in tin cans, lined up on the tailgate of our truck. I was hooked. When my father passed away in 2012, my husband and I returned to the family farm. With my perennial awareness of how short life can be, I left my job as a floral designer to rediscover what flowers truly meant to me. I didn't know where this path would lead me. I was, however, certain that the best way to honor my father's memory was to find my true passion and live it. This journey full of bumps and hurdles and unexpected turns culminated in the founding of Dahlia Mayflower Farm. I am back where it all began, farming lush and romantic cut flowers on our beautiful homestead, working out of our 1885 farmhouse. Many of these blooms are sold at the same Quinte West farmer's market where my parents sold their garden bounty all those years ago. Others may be found at farm markets and specialty stores throughout the area. We strive to grow high quality, long lasting and distinctive blooms. Our flowers connect people, create memories and bring joy. As one of my customers shared with me, flowers make my heart happy. It's as simple as that. At Dahlia May Flower Farm, we are committed to cultivating happy hearts and making the world more beautiful. So please enjoy this highly personal conversation with Melanie and be sure to check out the photos she shared of her flowers and farm and her charming farm stand. And if you haven't yet discovered Dahlia May Flower Farm on social media, you can find those links at deboraprinzing.com in our show notes for episode 312. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so excited today to introduce you to Melanie Harrington of Dahlia May Flower Farm in Trenton, Ontario. Hi, it's so good to have you here, Melanie. So
1: good to talk with you, Deborah.
0: <laughs> you can put your name tag down now. <laughs> um, I just have to say, uh, If you're listening to this and if you are at all living and breathing on Instagram, you probably know Melanie through Dahlia May's Instagram feed. I learned that today you don't have a personal Instagram feed, do you?
1: No, I don't. I just have my business Instagram feed uh, for my flower farm, which kind of ends up personal anyway with the content that I share.
0: Yeah, and speaking of that, we're here at the ASCFG um, Ontario conference, uh, Melanie gave a talk on Instagram and social media that I just have to compliment you and say it was the most uh, accessible, authentic, valuable conversation I've ever heard about social media for people in the floral industry. Um, you you really care about being authentic and you, there's no varnish or you know veneer on what you're doing it's sort of all that's all ripped off isn't it
1: it's really important to me actually to stay that way i feel like sometimes we follow so many pretty accounts and we measure ourselves up i mean i know that i follow a lot of accounts right and i I never feel like i measure up so i love that's partly my favorite thing on instagram is that i know that i follow accounts where I really connect with people mm-hmm. who are authentic like that. Mm-hmm. So I love sharing a lot of the real life that happens between, uh, between our farming and our design, as well as, as the beautiful flowers that we grow. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's continue that conversation, but we should probably stop and ask you to describe Dahlia May flower farm. Where is it? How big is it? And just give me a little bit of the history. Cause I don't think I really know it. Dahlia May flower farm is a little tiny flower farm in Trenton,
1: Ontario, we are we have a beautiful 80 acre property and farm we're growing on just under an acre right now Wow! so we're growing in our third season and we started it really by accident I had all the intentions I'd been working at a flower shop for about 12 years and had all the intentions to have my own flower shop I had the business plan wrote and life sort of changed a little bit for me um, my mother was was not doing well at the time. My husband's father had some health problems. And then my father passed away relatively suddenly. Mm. I was still working at a flower shop at the time. and I Was that quit- also
0: in Trenton, by the way?
1: It was in Belleville.
0: OK, is that nearby? Okay. Yeah, about
1: 20 minutes away. Okay. So I quit my job uh, to stay home and look after my father's estate. Wow. Really had no idea what I planned to do knew that it wasn't the right time to open my own shop and to be tied down to a nine to five bricks and mortar Uh location Uh and just wasn't sure where it would take me at all so i thought well i'll go back to what i know to begin with i grew up doing market gardening with my dad years ago we used to grow lots of vegetables and just a few rows of zinnias and marigolds and cosmos and snapdragons, the basics. I and love we used this. used to take them to the farmer's market. I love this
0: story. So as a little girl, you as were growing flowers. As a little flowers. girl, yeah. Wow. I
1: remember being six years old, standing on a milk crate in front of my, the back of the tailgate of the truck, arranging flowers <laughs> in, in tin cans. So I, I thought, well, if in doubt, if I know nothing else about where my next path will take me go back to what I know. I'll plant some flowers. So I didn't have a full-time job at the time. So I planted really a, a large and glorified zinnia patch and <laughs> thought I'll plant these flowers. I'll take them to the farmer's market. It was the same farmer's market that my parents and I vended at. Oh my goodness. Um, when I was younger. Wow. So I thought I'll go back to the farmer's market and I'll, I'll just start there hmm. and start with something I
0: love. Was that 2014 or 15? 2014. Wow. Okay. And it it's it's
1: been constant evolution ever since it took off it turns out that there was no one else growing local flowers in our area our customers were loving what we did I had the advantage of having worked as a florist previously so and I've traveled in Europe quite a bit and was really inspired by the European style market Mm -hmm. displays Mm -hmm. beautiful simple buckets of flowers wooden crates clean look so I tried to really bring that to the the market stand that I was cultivating And it turns out there was nothing like that in the area. So it's really been a steady evolution of figuring out in that first season, hey, I think this could be something. I think I could take this somewhere. I didn't know that flower farming was a job. Uh, So that winter, I just delved online. I read all I could about it. uh, Bought all the books, studied hard and thought, "I I think this is what my business plan is going to evolve into it may not be the original plan that i wrote for the florist shop but i think i will pull this into an actual business model and see if flower farming can be a thing and can be my job
0: um was the flower shop going to be called Dahlia may flowers i had no working title for the flower shop <laughs> It was the I idea. Did not. I had
1: only an idea. <laughs> and so. the business plan. That's right. So Dahlia May was really sort of an, an honoring of my family. My mm. dad had passed away, and he used to always call my mum by the names of the flowers that mm. he used to grow. Mm. And Dahlia was one of the favorite flowers that he grew, and he always called her Dahlia. So, I love that. And I farm on my dad's land, on the land that he left me. And I also farm on my grandmother's land. My grandmother was Kathleen May. So I wanted to find some way to connect that all, the land, the family, um, and bring it all together. So that was sort of the evolution was Dahlia May after my mom and my grandma.
0: I love it. And your customers may think that's your name at one point, right? I'm
1: called Dahlia
0: very often.
1: I, love I, that. I often have emails or uh, or Facebook messages addressed to Dahlia,
0: and you're like, "Hi, yes, yes. I answer to that." <laughs> that's right. I love that. Um, yeah. So, Melanie, when you said you didn't know flower farming was a thing, even though that's what you had done growing up, that was just sort of a it like was, a bonus on top of vegetables. It sort was of market thing? gardening at okay. the time,
1: for sure. My parents grew an acre of mostly tomatoes and potatoes, uh, green peppers, mm-hmm. all the basics. Mm-hmm and always planted a few rows of flowers. Mm-hmm. That was always, my dad loved to have the tins of zinnias lining mm-hmm. up the table just because he liked something pretty to yeah, be around. Yeah, draws as well. people in. So vegetable market gardening was how it originated.
0: So then when you started researching and you had land, I'm I'm, I'm assuming you have really great farmland or some-
1: Beautiful farmland. Okay. We're really fortunate. We live in the Murray Hills in Trenton. It's really great agricultural land. We're surrounded by fields, uh, very good soil. Oh so so it's very fortunate we used to have beef cattle when I was younger as well so we have a barnyard full of plenty of aged manure which was wonderful so it was a really great base to start
0: (laughs) we are sitting next to a driveway here folks and there's a lot of (laughs) exiting so apologies for the um, ambient noise they're all going to the seed store I think Um, but I think I hope that everyone still could hear what uh, Melanie was saying um, so I apologize for that, uh, Melanie. Uh, w- when you started doing research, you have this great farmland. You have great, you know, kind of dairy farm. You know, manure like making this even from decades ago, right? We I mean, just made this Aged great soil manure from yeah. 15 years ago Jeez. when we used to
1: have beef cattle.
0: Wow. Oh, sorry, beef cattle. Yeah. Um, what did you What did you determine then after the research? Like, okay, I can grow more than zinnias. I can have. Uh, seasonal crops or what did you want to specialize in?
1: I really had no idea about what I wanted to special in. I bought the book The Flower Farmer Mm -hmm. by Lynn Mm -hmm. and read it cover to cover Mm -hmm. and basically thought I'll do exactly what Lynn says. (laughs) I think you are not alone. (laughs) No I know I'm not the first one that's that's the bible for flower farmers. Absolutely. So I really just took that and thought and I also thought about What would I love to work with as a floral designer Mm -hmm. that I don't have the opportunity to work with? Mm -hmm. In the shops, we weren't getting in any amaranthus. We weren't getting in celosia. There's certainly no cosmos or anything interesting like Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. I thought, I really want to specialize in growing those unique elements. I'd been pretty burnt out from the retail floral industry and just the commodification of cases of carnations showing up week after week, unpacking the same colors of carnations so I really wanted to just go in the opposite direction and grow a wide variety that I could use to arrange with it would be totally different yeah. than, than what people had seen in my area.
0: So being, but, but having that florist and flower shop background probably uniquely qualified you for making a new way with what you grew and Absolutely. Um, a lot of people get into flower farming with without any design experience so it must have been an asset for you
1: it was a leg up for sure yeah. at the farmers markets it was always a leg up to be able to bring beautiful florist designed uh fresh bouquets mm-hmm. all wrapped in craft paper it was for me it was always easy to make an eye-catching display because it was something that i would studied and something that I love so mm-hmm. absolutely that gave me the heads up when I started and really built a wonderful local following for folks that were able to realize that that there was an alternative that you could get something local but it wasn't just that bunch of five zinnias at the farmer's market that something was available locally that was additionally very beautiful and of high florist quality and
0: you sought out different seed sources and that sort of thing too right absolutely are you mainly doing seeds or you also have the two the Dahlia tubers. and We grow quite a bit
1: by seed. We mm. get in some plugs every year. We order in plenty of dahlia tubers. We grow lots of bulbs in the spring. We've oh. been growing really amazing specialty tulips and daffodils. So plenty of those. And then we do a lot of our own cuttings as well mm. for producing our annuals.
0: You've learned how to be a propagator in like two and a half years. I'm just so impressed. <laughs> I, I used to work at a greenhouse as well, oh, okay. actually. It's
1: <laughs> sort of cheating back in high school. Uh, I knew that I wanted to co-op at a flower shop because I've always loved flowers, but there were no co-op positions available at flower shops. Mm-hmm. So there was a co-op at a local greenhouse. So Is I, that
0: like an internship? Yes. Okay. An, an,
1: yeah, basically where you get high school credits mm-hmm. for showing mm-hmm. up. And, and working.
0: Yeah. So you learned um, you knew how to do rooted cuttings back so in high school. So
1: I learned this back in high school. By the end of high school, I was still in school and then additionally working full time at wow. the greenhouse.
0: Wow. As well. So when people ask you to describe your business now, how, do you say you're a farmer florist? Or like, how do you describe Dahlia May? I describe it as ever evolving. Mm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Really going towards what the customers are looking for. We're certainly a farmer florist. Mm-hmm. We grow just about an acre of our own product we also buy in product now from mm. other growers
0: for your design work
1: for our design work and occasionally in the shoulder seasons mm-hmm. when I just don't have certain crops coming mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and then we offer full floral services as well wow. so we do weddings we have a design studio on our farm and we offer full-service weddings That's as cool. we see wow. it was all customer driven it was really customers approaching me at the farmers market and saying we love your flowers do you do weddings and and I didn't offer weddings but I thought well I'm a florist I I certainly know how yeah uh I suppose that we can offer this wow so it's really it's evolved from there
0: yeah so how did the
1: the full design studio into the business
0: and yeah I didn't mean to cut you off sorry Mm -hmm. um how does that kind of calendar year go for you because you're in zone what? We are in Zone Five Mm -hmm. in Ontario, Mm -hmm. north of Toronto. Right? We are east of Toronto. East of Toronto, two hours east of Toronto. Oh wow! Okay, Mm -hmm. but um, that—that's still a large population base that is looking for flowers, looking for weddings, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So you said you start in the early part of the year with your, your spring bulbs.
1: Our season really kicks off in May. We've got our beautiful spring bulbs. We do a lot of work for Mother's Day mm-hmm. at the flower market that we host on our farm. So we have plenty of spring bulbs. We have a large selection of peonies that take us through. Our spring weddings are mostly with those, those beautiful flowers. In the summer, most of our weekends are booked up with weddings. Wow. We offer DIY buckets as well for brides if they're looking for just beautiful fresh buckets Mm -hmm. of harvested flowers Mm -hmm. and that's something that we'll look after. Which takes us right through the fall and into Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving is usually first, second weekend of October. So typically we haven't had a frost yet so we're able to finish out our season really go out with a bang and offer beautiful selections for Thanksgiving after thanksgiving we put everything to bed and then we start harvesting evergreens for christmas and go into full christmas production
0: and is that on your property it
1: is we're really fortunate on our beautiful 80 acres we happen to have about half of it as wooded acres so we've got beautiful pine and spruce and cedar on the family farm oh my goodness we're able to harvest fresh greenery off of the farm buy from other local farms that have fresh boughs as well and then make beautiful wreaths. We do plenty of wreaths in November. We do Christmas planters, outdoor arrangements. And then into December, we offer centerpieces for our customers. And we've really, as of last year, tried to develop almost an on-farm Christmas market. Wow. So we have a good neighbor that is a Christmas tree farmer. So we've been harvesting fresh Christmas
0: trees as well
1: and wow. offering that
0: at the really? farm. People come out and they don't want to necessarily Cut their own, but they want you to cut them for, ha- select them for them. That's right. Wow. So we'll
1: harvest every day for our fresh Christmas trees. And wow. last year, the demand was was so busy that we were harvesting four and five times a day, running running over to cut fresh Christmas trees and selling them almost right out of the back of the truck. We wow. couldn't even get them
0: displayed quick enough. And if people, and like, what is, so, are you, how far out of, like, town are you? Is about it, 10 minutes oh, outside so of town. Yeah. The
1: 401 is the main highway that leads into Trenton and we we're, we're just less than 10 minutes mm-hmm. off of the 401, about 10 minutes outside town. So it's of town. easy for
0: people to come pick up on a It is. And we're on a whatever. main
1: road. We built a farm stand this past year, and that was also due to customer <laughs> demand. We were finding This is why I say our business is ever evolving depending on what our customers are looking for.
0: I love that you're so responsive to that.
1: Absolutely. We were having customers that were we ha- often have flowers that are ready in April or Our beautiful Christmas products that are outside of the market season, and our farmers' markets run from May till October. So I was. But you need revenue
0: before May. We do, yeah,
1: absolutely. So I was really looking for what could be the outlet, and customers were asking, "Can I get flowers earlier in the week, or are you open on a Sunday?" So in response to that, we built a farm stand Mm. at our farm last fall. So this is our first year of having it open and hosting the Christmas market on the farm, connecting directly with the customers
0: that's great
1: leading right into the spring with it as well
0: I've seen photos of um, the stand maybe in your Instagram feed but maybe we can maybe you can share a photo that I can put on the show notes describe roughly how big it is and
1: it's very tiny. Instagram makes everything look, I think, a little more amazing than it is. But it's pretty beautiful in real life. Oh, so neat. It's just 9 by 12. Okay. It's just a really tiny, beautiful little shed.
0: Mm-hmm. With it's, like an open side? or.
1: It's an open end to it and okay. then a front door to oh, it. Oh, wow. So we create a little on-farm flower market in it that we host every Friday through Sunday. So we'll harvest all the flowers on Thursday off of the farm. And then we'll pack that stand every weekend with our flowers then customers can come in one way, they can shop the market, we offer wrapping as well for our customers, and then they can head right out the other
0: direction. So So. does that mean you're not doing the farmer's market or are you doing this in addition to?
1: We started doing it in addition to. I'm a
0: big fan of of biting off more than I
1: can chew (laughs) and figuring it out later. And I, I'm feeling a little mortal this year Uh and realizing that one can't do everything. Uh So we're not doing the main farmer's market that we used to do in the town where my parents used to vend all those years ago. That was a Wednesday and a Saturday market and it's too much. So we're hosting our flower market on the farm Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and then we do a really amazing flower uh, farmer's market on Sundays. Okay. Every week as well.
0: Well, it's like you have to simplify and become, create efficiencies, or you'll just burn yourself out, right?
1: I was learning that doing three farmers markets a week, having the farm stand open, and doing designing and delivering and doing the setup for all of these weddings, even though I love long hours, always a bit much. Wow. So just wow. just figuring it out constantly. Yeah. And evolving. being honest
0: and truthful with yourself too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the theme of a lot of your posts, not all of your Instagram posts, but I've really, i really, I, I really learned, I loved your presentation this morning and the way you talked about, um, you kind of reluctantly got into Instagram in the first place, right? You I just, did. I'm
1: technology averse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't grow up with a computer. We didn't grow up with television. I bribed my friends in high school to type all my essays for me because I would hand write the 10,000 word essays because I just couldn't bear the thought of learning to type a 10,000 word essay. (laughs) (laughs) So I really am technology averse um, by nature. But I found that when you have a business, you just jump right in and you Mm -hmm. learn. Mm -hmm. So three years ago, I got my first iPad. Signed up for Facebook. I was never a member of Facebook before right. that. You're a late adopter. I Absolutely. Total wow. late adopter wow. to technology. Jumped in with both feet. Found myself a business Facebook account. Signed up for Instagram. And then watched and learned and read and studied and asked younger people who are smarter than I am all the questions.
0: Well, Instagram, I learned a lot listening to you today talk about how Instagram is... Um, not about the number of likes you get, but the mm-hmm. engagement. And Absolutely. I think that, it's a community. That's, that's what I meant about the authenticity uh, of your message. Um, uh, this isn't like smoke and mirrors. This is really you're showing and describing what's really happening and how you feel. And um, do you mind just recapping a little bit of your approach? Uh, I think I think a lot of people who follow you um, maybe. Uh, have noticed this, but you have a way of sharing um, beautiful flowers, but also a personal story.
1: I approach Instagram in the sense that I love creating beautiful content. Mm -hmm. Uh, That naturally just makes the, the artist and photographer and florist in me happy is to take really beautiful photos. And I have this amazing opportunity now that we grow an acre of flowers that I'm constantly surrounded by beauty. So I absolutely love capturing it and I love sharing it. But I also think it's so important that people know that this is real life and that it's also incredibly hard. It's hard to be a startup business in year three and trying to be profitable. It's hard to work in the field 12 hours a day uh, and get sunburned and be bit by bugs. And you know, we, Your we,
0: manicure is trashed. <laughs> I've never
1: had a manicure in my life. We have uh, so many of our days are, are myself. A classic day for me was a couple of weeks ago. I was out in the field, had my hair braided to the side to keep it out of my face. And it looked so ratty that I was cutting it with my snips in the middle of the field to try to clean the end of my braid off. And I looked down and my boots all had holes in them and my socks all had holes in them. I was thinking, gosh, self-care is really low right now, (laughs) but that's farming. And I think it's so important that people know that too, that Mm -hmm. it's not all, I mean, there's so much of it that is beauty, but there's Mm -hmm. also so much else. So I, my passion really is, is reminding people that, that there's a whole person behind a pretty Mm -hmm. account, Mm -hmm. that it is real life. And that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard and sometimes I cry and sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes it's really darn amazing Mm -hmm. as well inspiring almost so yeah so i i'm really passionate about sharing that it's it's a whole immersive experience this growing flowers thing it's not just we have beautiful flowers it's it's a whole messy immersive life
0: yeah i love that i love that story and i also love that you commented this morning in your presentation that um you really if there's time available you try to like and respond to comments because you know that people are taking the time to comment and you know engage with you and it is a conversation and a relationship.
1: It really is. It means so much to me. I mean, especially as someone who's a total introvert, who's shy and quiet and lives in this small town in Trenton. Just the thought that there are so many people out there that genuinely care about this crazy little startup business of mine just really means everything. Yeah. And people um, on
0: other continents and all around the globe. It's been
1: an amazing way to connect with other growers, to make new friends, to learn from each other. So I really do try to stay active and and keep that in mind that just like I'm a real person behind my beautiful photos, there are other real people that are leaving comments and taking a moment out of their time to to give it to me.
0: I also appreciated what you said about um, not... You're not feeling like this this constant that you have to constantly post that you're trying to only post once a day that I can't tell you what a relief that was to me <laughs> to hear you say that because I more doesn't necessarily mean better then right
1: no it doesn't and I really am a believer in in living in the moment I I find that sometimes in this technology world we're so into we've got to create content we've got to capture it sometimes I feel like you actually just need to pay attention and be in that moment. So even this weekend, as incredible as this ASCFG weekend has been, I haven't posted yet while well, I've been here because I'm really, I'm in right. this moment connecting in real life You're with, with other, other farmers yeah. and growers, and I'm learning.
0: <laughs> That's true. I haven't seen your head no. poked down into, your, into <laughs> no. your
1: phone. I have some Instagram stories that I've shared in, in real time. But no, I think it's really important to be in the moment mm-hmm. and not feel that pressure that we have to document
0: every single moment mm-hmm. that we have, mm-hmm. that we can be really mindful about what we want to put mm-hmm. out there. No, I like that. But I liked what you also said that um, really this is your mar- main marketing tool, especially in your own marketplace. Your customers are looking on Instagram or Facebook to see maybe what's in season or what you're doing that weekend. and how they can come by from you, right?
1: Absolutely, we've never done any paid advertising. The only item I've paid for is my website to be professionally designed. Beyond that, this is the only advertising that we do. is, is It's a way to tell our customers directly what is available. Mm-hmm. It's a way to post, we have these beautiful flowers in bloom. And I can't tell you the number of times that people will send me messages and say, that beautiful Cosmo that you posted on Monday, are you going to have that this weekend? Is that Save going to be bunch. in the farm stand? I'd love to come pick it up. Oh, cool. It happens all the time. It so it's like a you really...
0: Get, you get pre-orders then.
1: Yeah, We do. And it's really great because as much as I do believe in living in the moment and not posting constantly, it's that way that in real time we're sharing what's happening on our farm week to week. People know what we have available. Right, and
0: because you don't have a retail flower shop um, and you're not downtown on Main Street, mm-hmm. how are people going to, how, how will you be on their radar if, if you don't use this tool? That's right, wow. so this
1: is our way to, to keep connected and just remind people that we're there. I really feel like 80% of my time is spent just connecting with people and and putting out really beautiful things and 20% of the time I, I spend my time saying please come pick up my flowers this is what we have we would love to see you out at the farm right. stand or we would love to book you for a wedding that's that's really 20 percent of our output but I'm a believer in if I can keep sharing really beautiful content and connecting then you'll remember me in six months and when you it. get engaged mm-hmm. or you'll remember that I'm posting those beautiful flower photos when you need flowers for mm-hmm. your aunt's birthday
0: next mm-hmm. weekend so your um your sense of local is very strong Absolutely. Uh, for, what's the name of the farmers market that you were with?
1: We were for, selling at the Front Street Farmers okay. Market in Trenton and these days we just sell at the Cotterington Farmers okay. Market outside of Brighton.
0: So you're using the Cottering Farmers Market hashtag and then... Correct. Delia May Flower Market. Delia Farm. May
1: Flower mm. Market is our hashtag mm. for our flower market mm. where we, every Friday we post a photo of what's in the flower market with our hashtag Delia May Flower Market so that our customers can scroll back and see really the evolution of the season, see May right through to July and August now what we've been offering weekly and how that's changed and looked over the farm. So
0: when you're if you're open on Friday Saturday Sunday and you have a weekend wedding are you bringing in people to help you or how are you juggling all that?
1: This is my first year of having full-time help and it's been absolutely life-changing. I used to do it all myself and I used to work 18 hours a day, yeah. every day. Yeah. And I loved it and it and it felt great and I do love the long hours, that's just my nature. But there is a limit. Yeah. So this year I've been absolutely blessed. I've brought on a full-time farm manager and Sherry works with me right now seven days a week. Mm-hmm. She has a background in traditional farming, so wow. agriculture, she's raised beef cattle and livestock before because what I was finding with the trouble with finding help is that there is a perception that working on a flower farm is very beautiful and we have so many inquiries of I love flowers I'd love to come out but the tricky thing is it's 90% hard work and physical labor and it's right. 10% we have beautiful flowers right,
0: right. so it's
1: I've found just so smart. the most wonderful blessed help this year in someone that has a background in farming,
0: and she's strong and, and fierce, and
1: absolutely yeah. loves the ninety percent hard physical labor that's, that we do. That's that's her happy place. That's
0: that's huge so. because that does give you a trust level that you can be freed up to meet with brides. Or it's been absolutely life changing to run just, the business. Yeah,
1: absolutely to just be able to deliver a wedding on a Saturday and know that Sherry's looking after the farm stand all day that the customers will be well served.
0: That's cool. It has
1: really been incredible.
0: That's cool. Well, I know your season is far from over. Um, You're like at the midway point, practically. We're right in
1: the middle of it, right in the thick of the halfway point of the season now.
0: It's great that you could take a couple days off to come to this conference, but I'm sure that the minute you get back, All those chores will be waiting for you. (laughs) dive
1: right in. I'm so blessed to have my full-time help. If I didn't have my sherry looking after my farm, I wouldn't be able to be away. Yeah,
0: that's right. It's really
1: been an incredible year.
0: Do you have an eye on uh, 2018 or anything that you have? I mean, I know you're teaching workshops. We haven't even talked about that. I mean, you've got Mm -hmm. a lot of moving parts. I do, and I'm constantly
1: moving ahead in my mind and looking at what's next that's sort of the tricky thing I find in my business is that I'm not one to rest on what we've done well mm-hmm. I'm always thinking of what we could do better mm-hmm. and how we could improve mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this year we built our first greenhouse so we have a beautiful hoop house this year to be growing in wow we built our farm stand this year that's
0: um, ambitious
1: and while I think about all the work that we've done in doing that what I'm really thinking about is the two more hoop houses that I want to put up this fall so that we'll have an even more incredible season next year Mm -hmm. we're looking at expanding our our building we've outgrown our farm stand we've outgrown our design studio there's never enough space so we're looking at seeing what we can build where we can have a beautiful building where we can host workshops and have customers out and really make it a bit more of a destination.
0: When you teach workshops now, are they inside your studio then?
1: No, they're outside right now. Okay, so So you
0: can't have have a winter workshop then? No,
1: we pray for no rain Mm -hmm. and we haven't had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do the winter workshops. Mm -hmm. We'd love to be able to do wreath making workshops and centerpiece workshops. I have all sorts of ideas for January workshops where we force bulbs together and plant amaryllis.
0: That's wonderful. So we're just
1: really looking at the evolution of Of how I can make that happen
0: yeah and it's like you're no shortage of ideas it's really just what resources do you have available to uh, execute that's right and that's sort of one of the themes of some of your posts about uh, how expensive it is to execute all your ideas and dreams and that how frustrating not I mean that you do feel frustrated that you you know where you want to be but there's limitations just because you know, it's, it, it's a, your cash flow isn't there or something like that. What
1: I've learned is that it's incredibly hard to farm for a living. <laughs> I mean, who knew, right? <laughs> of course we should know this, but it is incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, it's challenging to be a startup business and be a farming business as well.
0: That's a really Because in, when we're yeah. looking
1: for startup funds for the projects that we have in mind, the traditional banks are not interested because it's farming, because we don't have five years of reports behind us to back up what we're looking for.
0: So you've pursued so loans and that sort of thing. It sounds I like. have
1: looked into it, yes, yeah. and we're constantly evolving in that process of looking at, at how that's going to look. <laughs> As a startup business, That's well, those are those are all the late hours at night is, is figuring out how to yeah. make it all happen and figuring out what it looks like when your dreams are a little bigger, bigger. Than, than what you can reach at the moment.
0: But I love that you call yourself a startup business rather. I mean, I, I've never really heard people use mm-hmm. that term. I, I do believe that flower farming and floral design are primarily small businesses. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that, that makes sense. And yet the conventional financial industry isn't really geared up to understand that. So. No,
1: not at all. And what I learned in my first year of growing flowers is that growing flowers is amazing. And it's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. But it's not enough. Mm -hmm. I need to keep my house warm in the winter Mm -hmm. and pay my mortgage Mm -hmm. and after a couple really cold winters in my house I really had a just just a moment of coming to reckon with the fact that this is a business that we do need to take this seriously this is more than farming this is our life. If I want to be self-employed, if I don't want another job, then I do need to take it seriously. And yeah. and that's what it has become for me. It is the startup business where we're working with our design studio. We're bringing in other Ontario grown flowers in the shoulder seasons. We're still vending at the farmer's markets. We've ventured into workshops. You're looking at where, really... there's,
0: where there's profit opportunities, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And really analyzing what works and what doesn't.
0: And that's part of the honesty that I appreciate appreciate about you, just mm-hmm. saying. I chose to pull back in this area and mm-hmm. chose to ramp up in this area because, I because can't just I play need with to flowers. Pay my bills, yeah,
1: yeah, and keep my heat on, yeah. in
0: February. Oh my goodness, yeah. Well, I I am so delighted that we had this time together, and um, I would hope I know you'll say yes that I can share some photos uh, of your design work and your Absolutely. farm and your farm stand I would love um, on the show notes because I I. I'm guessing that everybody who's listening to this knows who you are. But if you, if you haven't found uh, Delia May uh, on Instagram and you want to meet Melanie personally, then um, we'll get those all those links on there and also Facebook too, right? Yes. Good. Anything else I didn't ask you that you want to mention?
1: Nothing I can think of. All right, I feel like we've delved in and covered a lot of territory. I mean, in thirty so-
0: minutes, we did all right. That's right. To <laughs> be <Debbie laughs> continued. That would be true. Maybe an, an uh, where is she now? Uh, update in a couple years. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's right. Thanks. again for joining me today. My takeaway from this conversation with Melanie is to have a clear vision of what you do best while also being open and experimental when new doors open. Hard work and long hours are a given, yet Melanie still takes time to revel in the awe-inspiring presence of nature that surrounds her world day in and day out, and she's willing to be vulnerable as a way to keep it all real and honest, despite the allure of social media and its promise of fame and fortune for those who chase those sorts of things. On her Instagram bio for Dahlia Mayflower Farm, she writes this, flower farmer, florist, forager, lover of dirty hands, finder of magic in nature, practicing gratitude. Those are the terms that many of us embrace. So I know you share my appreciation for Melanie's story. Thanks for listening. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 227,500 times by listeners like you. Thank you to each one of you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And if you value the content you receive each week, I invite you to show your thanks and support the Slow Flowers podcast with a donation. The button can be found on our homepage in the right column. Your contributions will help make it possible to transcribe future episodes of the podcast. And thank you to our family of sponsors Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska providing high quality American grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at ArcticAlaskaPeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top-quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at lfgardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at kinetictreefitness.com.